Hey, it's Mike Rosso here at the Film Photography Podcast. And for you guys and girls out there who don't know... <laughs> all you guys and girls out there... Who don't know, it's the internet radio show for people who really just love shooting with film. So if this is the first episode ever that you've tuned into, welcome. It's great to have you. We're going to have a lot of fun. This is episode number... 66. No. Six. no, it's not. I'm going to make this 60. 69. Oh! What's this? Wait. What? Breaking news from William Apresino in the FPP news. store. Breaking news. I'm what? done with orders. Going to finish up. Lost seventh box of cameras and split. <laughs> okay. Lost <Lay> seventh. <laughs> uh, William's over in the FPP warehouse organizing and pre- prepping the FPP uh, plastic filmtastic 120 debonair cameras. Folks out there just l- tuning in for the first time ever. It's a plastic little camera exclusive to FPP. We found 2,000 of them in a warehouse up in Rochester, New York. Beautiful cameras. Yeah. I, I really like how they perform. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a toy camera guy. Yeah. I've played around with Holga and Diana, and I kind of like that little bit of sharp focus you can get with the uh, with the debonair. The fall off is great. The 16 shots, it's, that's really neat too. The 16 shots is really neat. We're talking about the debonair camera that uh, William just beeped me about. Oh, here it is. Beep, beep. This is from Heather, who I purchased the cameras from. She was on eBay with the cameras. So, oh, okay. So I emailed her via eBay. I said, Heather, how many do you have? And I don't know. I was 10, 15, 20 boxes, and it's a million cameras per box. So because um, our good friend Mark O'Brien yes. blogged about the FPP debonair camera. He shot with it. He purchased one. He shot with it, and he posted a blog about it. And he was questioning, how many do we have? And it's, we have 2,000 cameras. 2,000! <laughs> but the thing is, we have more than 2,000 listeners. So I'm hoping that all the FPP listeners out there in the big blue marble will, will go to the FPP store, filmphotographyproject.com, go to the store, and buy an FPP debonair because it's 20 bucks. Everybody's got 20 bucks. <laughs> We're doing our show opening for episode number... Episode number 69. I'm here with Matt Mirage. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going, guys? Lauren Bagley. Hello. Hi. Hi. And and coming in today is going to be Daniel Class Norbert. Yes. From Australia. We're gonna yes. From Australia. Yeah. And we're going to clear everything up about putting the shrimp on the barbie. Yes, we're going to put it all to rest. Yeah. All of your questions will be answered because and more. if you go to YouTube, by the way, and you type in hate Americans, <laughs> all, there's like tons of Tons of video, you know, tons of videos of people from around the world of why they dislike Americans. One guy was from Australia, he's, and he's like, "Listen, I hate Americans because they always think we are throwing shrimp on the barbie." And it's like, what is that? What are you even talking about? It's because we're pop culture whores. And of course, it's from <laughs> uh, what is that movie? It's from, from like Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee, of course. Oh. And so we don't know. D- Daniel is a uh, fine photographer. Yeah, he shoots um, a lot of fine artwork, uh, medium format. Yep. A lot of models. Very, very gorgeous, soft kind of uh, portraiture. Lauren is uh, giving a very silly pose. Slap that thing. Slap it. Slap that thing down. What was that? That was slow. Yeah! (laughs) John. (laughs) Slap it down. Slap it. So. This episode. This episode, we're going to be talking about. Um, 
big show. It's a big, yeah, it's a big show. We have a special guest from Australia, all the way from Australia, just yeah. to Love see Australians. us, just to see us, and we're gonna be talking about uh, what's in the photo JoJo's camera bag, <laughs> Flim, <laughs> and Flim. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna talk about getting into large format photography. Yes, it's yeah. a big, big, big topic. topic. I, I get at least half a dozen emails every as week. As big as the about film it. itself. Yep. We're gonna be talking about get a release. Yes, definitely. Get a yeah. Release. Uh, release forms, shooting people, models. Heck, when I used to shoot movies, I even got location releases. Ooh, nice. So a lot of it's not you know it's like how how uptight do you have to be about getting a release? We're gonna talk about that. Great. And it says here, shooting 4x5 film, a Rasso update. Yeah, there's the Wista. <laughs> it's over there in the corner. Spider living in it. Little do I know there's a spider living in it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll do the yeah. story. Yeah. But uh, hey, so we'll be right back. Mike Rosso here doing a live commercial here on the radio with all the guys in the studio. Let's talk about, talk about your, your brand new camera, what you're selling. Yes, uh. there's a, a brand new camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? and it's, a, it's a plastic filmtastic 120. Look at that. Yeah, a one, <laughs> this is known as a 120 debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious, unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And FPP just acquired a boatload. sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All Literally, a bo- Literally a boatload. Literally a boatload. It has a, uh, a F8 60mm super lens. It's super. It is. It sure is super. And you can tell it's super because it says super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. shoe. Ooh. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Oh. Yeah? How really? Do how, how do we get that you camera? You go to filmphotographyproject.com, you click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So That's this is a great awesome. 120 star awesome. camera. Yes, this is You're a plastic scared to camera. Get it to one tr- 120 because it's a little bit bigger format. Than if yours, you've yeah. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave! Perfect camera to start with roll <laughs> film, and then once you advance, like you know, TLRs and more professional cameras, this is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy sort of yep. something something. It's good, good sound. Can you you get double, triple, awesome. quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> So check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you could use it that's huge. <laughs> and of course, by visiting thefilmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. 
I like how on the box on the box it says take Can 16 pictures in color or black and white. Like you, like you might need a different camera for color and a different a camera for black and white. Is anybody listening to me? I'm Wait, talking. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my iced tea. The box shows it with a really freaky looking flash. On yeah, it. the flash doesn't come with a flash. I know. That's the flash wouldn't even fit in the box. It looks like a flash cube. Ooh, ooh. Any purchase over five thousand dollars on the FTP store is huge gets a free debonair. It's got the little tabs. So oh, it'll hold a 35 canister really nicely. Oh, so Here you can we go. Sprockets. Yep. We're already modding it. Yeah, DIY with your new uh, Filmtastic, plastic Filmtastic 120 camera. You can put a 35 millimeter cartridge in there and then shoot what's known as sprockets. Sprockets. Awesome. He's all over the debonair. debonair. I yeah. love these. These are like, I love, they're so light. And what are those and going for? $19.99. I'm going to get me one. Or free with $10,000 oh, purchase. <laughs> Sold. Sold. Dang. Sold. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, two sales right here on the show. Hey, we're back. Hey, before Daniel gets here, yeah. Matt, tell me what's in. Tell me all about Photo Jojo. What is it? Uh, Photo Jojo is um, just like a, a photography blog. They they talk about a lot of dig. They they have some pro film articles. I believe you said we we at FPP store we we compete with them to sell uh, Impossible <laughs> Film. They're a competitor of ours, but you know we're friendly, we're cool. And I saw a cool article of theirs posted a couple of weeks ago. I think it was near the end of August, and it was what was in Photo JoJo's bag. So basically, like the staff of this of this blog, what do the writers and contributors to the blog shoot? What do they use? I'm pretty sure every single one of their editors and contributors shoots with a film camera. Mm-hmm. I saw a Canon E1 Hasselblad. Uh, Lomo LCA, Pentax ME. Oh. Yeah, Lauren's all excited now. But they shoot film. And I, I think... Like the, the Photo JoJo staffers. The staffers, yeah. The staffers, editors, people that contribute to the site, they're really big film buffs. So, and you can kind of see it every now and then. They'll have a, a pro film article. They've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of good coverage this past summer. A lot of people um. like link to stories... <laughs> On Photo Jojo, they're one of those um, sites that are very well known yeah. for like reblogging other people's mm-hmm, like articles mm-hmm. that get big. So when it's trending, they kind of pick up on that, and they have a, they usually have a lot of goofy stories like uh, photo- portrait photographers that are doing kind of quirky things, and they've been really kind of like hinting more at more and more at film lately. And I think this article kind of like solidified that that they like film. And it's kind of cool to see because they're all they're not all. Um, Do they, does their store sell? Can I buy like the Canon L lens mug? In their store, yeah, stuff like that. Very novelty kind Aww, of photography yeah. stuff. You can buy those, uh, <laughs> like those pinhole kits that, like the cardboard box that comes in becomes the pinhole camera, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So they have very cool, quirky little things. So what's in the bag? Film, film. How do you, how, like, how did you find them? Oh, um, somebody on Twitter linked it. Oh, Twitter. I'm I'm a big like Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, mm-hmm. t- Tumblr, Tumblr, all those. Tweeting, you're tweeting, you're twiddling. <laughs> tweeting, twitting. Tumbling. Yep. Tumbling. Yep. yep. Tumbling. Googling. Googling. The Google. The Google. Hey, so. I activated, I reactivated my blogger, MichaelRosso.com. Yeah. Well, it's good to have it, catalogs and yeah, stuff. Sometimes I got stuff, you know, sometimes I got stuff to say that just, you know, does not necessarily belong on the FPP. Yeah. I had meant, we're talking about blogging. You know, I, I blog at, at my at my uh, my own site there, the MichaelRosso.com. There's the film photography, filmphotographypodcast.com, of course, is... Yes is the FPP blog and the podcast and the store. Matt, you have your blog? Yes, mattmirage.com, just yes. my name. So, Lauren, are you doing the blog? I do Tumblr. You do Tumblr? I do a Tumblr. Yes. I put my art on my Tumblr. You do? And sometimes my photos. I'll sometimes have a photo of Matt and Strudel. Okay. I took on a Polaroid, scan yeah. it in, put it on my Tumblr. Uh-oh. Oh. It's this? Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, it's Hunter White on the breaking news. Hey. Uh, the man on the street. Hey, Mike, it's Hunter. 
My bus is set to get in Butler a little past 4.30. He's taking, he's going to get off the bus and Daniel's going to get on the bus. That is so funny. That's that hilarious. hilarious. So folks out there, Daniel, who's visiting us today, we're going to, sh- we're going to shoot the sh- Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> shoot the shmoop. Uh, Daniel's coming in. We're going to, he's going to be on this show. Yep. Sure, what show? When we're done with the show, we're going to wrap it up, walk Daniel to the bus stop. Like and there's going to be Hunter. Yeah. Hunter's going to get off the bus. Like, what are you guys doing? St- yeah. Come back to the studio and, you know, and, and record another show. Small world. What a coinky Awesome. Hey, do we, did we introduce the show? A little bit. I, yeah, we said uh, what we were going to talk about. No. We're gonna... We took a break? Yeah, and we're back already. We are? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We need some more coffee. Those commercials go fast. <laughs> oh, it's a Photo Jojo camera bag film. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we did that, and we're just kind of like waiting on Daniel. Let's read a letter. Hey. Let's read hey. a letter. Can you, who wants to read this? You? Sure. This I'll read is it. Uh, from Phil Pomber. You know Phil? Phil Pomber? Uh, he no. is P.T. Pomber on Flickr. I actually don't. I can't believe it. I know. I know it's like a one in a million chance. Yeah, Adam, right now. Phil, I think Phil won the Spectre 2 that we gave away last year. Oh. So this is a letter. He sent us some stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's like... It's typewriter. It's printed. Yeah. It's typewriter. Lined paper. So let's see. I have had such a spectacular time with the Spectre 2 I won, and I wanted to send a few things as a thank you. Here's a film developing tank, a Polaroid UV filter, Whoa. a Kodak Ectralight 10, a GE light meter, a great Vivitar APS camera. I just had fun reviewing some quirky Millennium Polaroid stand-up greeting card frames and a crazy Velveeta Cheese 110 camera. I my my grandpa had one of those. A Velveeta Cheese 110 camera? He the man ate so much Velveeta Cheese, Mike. There's still Velveeta cheese boxes littering my grandparents' house. That's pretty funny, dude. Yeah. And then he says he loves his Spectra, and he got a friend hooked on instant film, and he gave him a Polaroid impulse to show him FPP and the Impossible Project. Nice. And now he's like shooting, uh, he's shooting impossible instant film all the time. So not only is this Mr. Phil giving, you know, he's loving his camera that he got from us. He's giving us stuff back and he's got a new film, f- film shooter. How great is that? Doesn't get much better than that. I've also entered the world of 110 and I hope to try large hey. format and developing. Whoa. Partly thanks to the help and encouragement of FPP. I hope you can use some of these things. Thanks for all your great shoes. <laughs> what shoes? P.S. If you have any extra 120 or pack film floating around, this broke college kid could use some of it. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. I sent him some. Oh, nice. I think I sent him some 120. There's a check mark down there. Yeah, so. I sent him some 120, maybe chrome. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's a great letter. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Developing. That was super too. positive. Super positive. Great first letter. Super positive. Oh, this is from uh, our good friend Stephen Clark. Oh, okay. Stephen is in Australia. We saved this one. He's okay. in Australia. We'll ask we'll Daniel Dan if he knows him. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just assume That's he knows everybody. Of course. Yeah. yeah. This is from William Kearns. William Kearns? You know William Kearns? Yes. You do? Yeah, Flickr contact. He won the Canon TL. He want to read his letter? Sure. Uh, where is it? Uh, that's right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I follow William on Flickr. Read his letter. The name sounds very familiar. Michael and the rest of the FPP team. My awesome Canon TL arrived yesterday, and I'll put a couple of generously included rolls of film through her this weekend. I'm truly grateful and, and will be surprising my granddaughter when she visits this August. I really enjoy the podcast and the relaxed, eclectic mix of humor, music, and information that you folks provide. Many thanks. Nice. <laughs> 
Hey, Mike and the gang. I found the podcast this spring on YouTube. Matt, some people think... Is that Daniel? No, I'm just checking time. Sorry. Some people think YouTube is the... Po- like, they think that is the podcast. Oh. oh. And they don't... So much more. They don't grasp them. There's so much more. I found your podcast this spring while on YouTube while trying to figure out what to do with my Polaroid land cameras. The videos were so helpful and not stuffy. Your instruction made me want to go out and give these cameras another try. We should. I've been listening my way through the archives this summer while at work. You sure do make the day go quickly. I... L- I love that you answer the basic questions and work your way to the more complex aspects of cameras and film. I grew up learning on the Pentax K1000, which I still own but stopped shooting real photos about 10 years ago. Like everyone else, I got caught up in the digi craze and bought a Canon DSLR. I now own a 60D for my video production business. I love the look of the video, but haven't taken a picture with it since May. Nice. Instead, I've been shooting Fuji 100C and 3000B and 120 film in my Holga and Agfa 75 camera. Agfa clock. Yeah. Thanks for renewing my love for film photography. When I tell people about the show, I say it's like the old Howard Stern show. Show? What show? Only about (laughs) film photography. Maybe when John's here. Many, many less topless (laughs) chicks. (laughs) Maybe. You know why? swearing. She's listening to the old episodes with Dwayne. Oh. Mm. Dwayne and John used to really cut it up a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> now we're a G-rated podcast. Sorry, I thought that was always down, a Mike. G-rated podcast. Now we're like... Uh, we're family friendly. Who's the guy? Tonight Show guy. Yeah. Now we're oh, like that. Jay Leno. Now we're like Jay Leno. Oh. You have such a great camaraderie and even your long asides are entertaining. Yeah, you know, Matt. So We get into it. Yeah. Sometimes a long aside. A little off topic. I have no interest in shooting 110. Sorry, Mike. Oh. And thought you might want to give give them away. He has some cameras. Oh. One is a Photoflex Deluxe 110 and the other is a Podak. 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 Is a <laughs> <laughs> the other is a Podak Podak Kodak Instamatic <laughs> is a Kodak Pocket Instamatic 30. Great, great camera. The Photoflex is still wrapped in plastic, so I think it's working. But stupidly, I didn't realize the Kodak had a battery. Oh, really? Gotta go. You got a camera, right? Gotta go. Great. Matt's going to pick up Daniel. He's an Aussie. He's he, from the land of Oz. Yeah, Daniel's from the land of Oz. What should I have ready to take pictures of him? The 110? Blind him. Probably the plastic film-tastic. The debonair. Yeah, I'll go debonair. I didn't realize that the Kodak had a battery. It isn't corroded too badly. I can pick these and point and shoot 35 for about a dollar at thrift stores in my area. Please let me know if they're any of any use to you. Thanks again for the shoe. What shoe? Amy, Cape Cad, Massachusetts. Oh, thanks, Amy. Her name is uh, Amy Davies. Pronunciation: Davies. It is Davies. D a v e y e s. Oh, okay. Pr- spell: D a v i e s. Got it. So I actually knew a Davis. So I was like, uh, is it oh, and Amy's on f- the Flicka. The Flicka. Capefilmshooter.com. That's Capefilmshooter.com. Hmm. Well, cool. Thanks, Amy. I bet she has some good pictures of the ocean. Yeah. Moving on, Cape Cod. Send some one ten cameras. <laughs> Hey, when we come back, we're going to be uh, welcome, wel- welcoming Daniel. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. 
please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. What show? Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, very excited to have uh, Mr. Daniel Kloss in our studio. Hello. I pronounced it correctly. You did. You pronounced it 100% correctly. And you, you're from Oz. I am from Oz, from Australia, from Melbourne. That's excellent. I am very excited. And, and you know, Matt, you told me that uh, Daniel's here just to be on FPP. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> he got a hold of me a couple weeks ago, said, you know, I'm coming to the States, drop of a hat. Uh, you know, I'm going to be in New York. What are you guys up to? And I said, great, we'll get you on the podcast. Yeah, so flew in yesterday, come here, flew, fly out tomorrow just for the show. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and I believe that... Um, my, you and me and you and Matt, somehow we, we all hooked up, I think, on the Flickr. Yeah, I think actually possibly even through April. April, like April Lee, yeah. yes. With yourself. Yes. And then through Flickr and knocked on from there. And had you known about the FPP Film Photography Podcast? No, not until April put me on to you guys. Okay, very cool. That's great. Yeah, it's very great. Yeah, and I initially saw... this. Years ago, maybe two two years ago, maybe three years ago, I saw April's Holga photography, and that's how I found her. And then I think at the time you were shooting with her, so I saw your photography of hers, and then I contacted you. Yeah, she was in Melbourne last year, early last year, so um, stayed with me for a week or so. We just did shoots, and yeah, she put me on to you. That's it's awesome. Great. That's great. I, I, I can't tell you how exciting it is to meet people who, yeah, you, you know, awesome. it's interesting because, you know, here we are in a digital revolution doing things digitally yep. on the web. Communicating Communicating, yeah. but yet through this digital communication, it becomes organic and you actually meet and greet and get to know people who you only know through the web. And from around the world. That's too. right. And it's such a passionate community, which I think is really great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I'm sure all you guys would agree that you know the people that we've met have been like wonderful oh they're all great yeah, yeah. because we're all so passionate about shooting yeah, film exactly. yeah we all have grand old time grand <laughs> thank you <laughs> grand old time so daniel for the folks out there listening um you're a film shooter uh yes. are, you, are you also shooting some digital uh not so much anymore okay um, i try and i guess i just i was for a while uh it was mainly i guess a confidence in the film Right. Initially when I was shooting. Uh, and I just got to the point where I was just shooting so much film. Right. That it just became second nature and I didn't have to guess anymore or have a backup as such. Yeah. Um, I did do a digital shoot alongside some film recently, um, as I just said to Matt. And yeah, I just I found once I compared the shots, uh, the digital just got deleted. It was. Is that right? Yeah. I think I kept one digital as photo. As it should. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you scrutinize your, your digital shots so much more when you have film to compare it to. And like I was saying, you know, back a couple podcasts, like when you try to match color, you try to match the tonality, it's just not there. Yeah, and it's just, there's, there's something about the film. I think I was comparing a medium format shot to the, to the digital as well, so there's something. Apples and oranges, that. yeah. Yeah, so, but, but there was something about just seeing the digital, it's, it's a warmth and a softness, um, but it's still, especially with the Hasselblad, it's still a sharpness to it as well. It, it's a weird, I guess, just seeing them together really sort of woke me up to, you know, mm -hmm. conf confirming my belief that film is still how I want to shoot. Yeah. And forget about softness if you're, like, doing your, comparing your Polaroids to, yeah, to yeah, digital. Yeah. 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 
but there's just there's something about it. There's a way it's sharp and soft at the same time. It's it's yeah. yeah. Nice, but it's it's great. I really love using it. Now you've lived in Australia your whole life. Correct. Yes. Oh well, I was actually I was born there and and lived there most of my life. I was in Europe in Austria for three Austria. Years. Okay. Yes, oh. To actually where I started to shoot properly. I mean, I was always had an interest in photography, but right. I had some spare time while I was living there, and that's where I started started to shoot. And how far are you from NZ? Uh, a few hours. I am yet to go there. Okay, really? Yes. And I've actually been planning a trip there October, November. Okay. So mm. You're going to see the Finn brothers over there? Possibly now, actually, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Huge no, I, Finn brother fan. Split ends, yeah. crowded oh. house, Finn brothers, Neil Finn, Tim Finn. They're very good. Yeah. Like, I'd go to NZ just, to, just because they came from there. That shows your fandom, you know? It's like, I'm sure people come to the States or... Well, that's why I came here. Yeah. To see you guys. That's the cool <laughs> oh. that, right? I don't know how much you saw of Butler, New Jersey, but most people that come from outside the U.S. to Butler, first thing that they look around like, Rambo. Johnny, this is Troppin. Where the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Right? Yeah. The houses, like the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo. That actually explains the guy out there. Out the front with the, the, the tie around his head and... Oh, yeah. you saw it? Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> was he pushing a dumpster? <laughs> no, he was, just, he was just slumming by the bus stop. Uh, when did you first get interested in... Like, when did you pick up a camera? So I seriously picked it up while I was in Australia. And it was, it was really just to keep, to keep busy, I guess, while I was there and document my time there. Um, so I did a lot of digitally street photography and just and landscapes and things like this. And I guess as we all do, you just start looking around for other type of photography. It was just on Flickr and I, I just I found even when I was shooting streets, I was doing it in a in a way that was portraiture. Mm-hmm. So I just kept, I, I don't know I started looking up um, photos and other people on Flickr. Came across Mick Mojo or Jan Scholz's. Um, Jan Scholz, yeah. Jan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, once I started seeing stuff like that and what he was doing with with film, it was just. It was exactly what I, what I was sort of interested in doing, and uh, I think my first film camera was was my Holger though. But it wasn't long after that I bought bought the Hasselblad. How long ago was this? So this was two thousand eight, nine. Okay. Something oh. like that. Off the top of my head. Pretty recent. Right? Yes. Yeah, right in the height of the digi craze. Yes. Well, well mm-hmm. that's, by the time everybody had was still really excited about mm-hmm. it, and just everybody and their mom had like a five D Mark II and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it would be about. I think I've been shooting for. F- Four or five years or so now, but wow. would film probably about three. I'm sorry, what film? Three. What camera did you start with? It was uh, uh, the Holga. Yeah, Holga. Yeah, it was just Holga. The 120. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The CN, I think, was a flash one. So you started right out of the box uh, with um, medium format 120 roll yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, folks out there listening, 120 film is well, it's roll film that I used to be scared of because <laughs> I used to look at it and be like, "What is this?" <laughs> because I I, I uh, grew up with cartridge film you know at my parents house and 35 millimeter yeah. film in high school and college and i didn't i didn't shoot 120 film till i actually started the fpp okay so you started out of the box with roll film yeah yeah, yeah. i mean obviously when i was younger you know yeah. shot 35 mil, but I thought, oh you did okay well, it was by default it wasn't it was just yeah when i, I mean when i was you, you were a kid was yeah. a choice yeah. that yeah. doesn't count yes yeah. exactly but in terms of actually shooting yeah seriously yeah yeah format. you're shooting photography and you're making a business out of it to be uh, primary it was, I, that's the plan yes that's a long-term plan excellent and is it working um slowly like i yeah. have been i pretty much shot for the entire time for for tf like for time for prints and things like this so yeah for free um both model and myself and makeup artists we're, all, yeah. we're working for free your your subject matter are models correct or Mostly, yes not landscape not okay, buildings. okay so i did landscape right. um 
but you're focusing on models. models. Yeah, it's just something. It's something that uh, it's not something that I really chose to do. I seem to have fallen into that. Right. Um, again, looking at Jan Jan Scholl's work, um, just it's something connected that softness with that with the portraiture. Yes. Um, just connected. And this is Mick Mojo on Flickr. That yes. Is yeah. And you can also see him on that that new show I was telling you about on the Frame Network. Frame it's called Film. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. But he, he's actually quite good. Like um, I've known him for a few years now, and he's helped me out a lot. With where where is he located? So he, I think originally he's from Germany, and he's currently in Brussels, I believe. Okay. Oh. In Belgium. Uh, you mentioned something. Uh, did you say TTP t- trade for? Yeah, or t- time, time, time for print or time for CD. So so basically working just to increase your portfolio. So as a um, as a photographer shooting models, it's conceivable that you could put it out there on. Do you use any sites like Model Mayhem? Or uh, Model Mayhem is where I started. I, most people seem to. There was a default one. I think that everyone yeah. seemed to to put me onto, and I got a lot of work through that. Yeah. Um, what really started to kick off, I made a conscious effort, I guess, this year to really start pushing pushing the shoots. I approached some agencies, um, sort of told them what I wanted to show them my work, right, and got some answers back and people that are willing to give up you know sort of newish models yeah mm-hmm. for the for the time is it cool if i ask you some questions yeah of course like questions that uh, the ix call these every man questions because anyone that wants to start shooting people they have ha- no idea ha- have that. these questions for example the trade for print i believe that is a great idea to start out because a that gives you that builds your portfolio yeah, correct but what kind of rights do you give the the print the, the model, what kind of rights do they uh, have? It's basically full rights. We, we just do full rights, but as long as it's credits. So if the model wanted to put your image in a magazine, that's fine because you trade, you, it was a trade-off. It works both ways. As yeah. long as you get credited, exactly. which also helps you know, build your uh, reputation as a, as a photographer. Yeah, and like he said, a lot of times if you want to do it right and have proper stylist and, and makeup, uh, you can either contact the the model and get makeup and hair through there, or you can also contact another and you can do the three way, you know, yeah. ch- for time and credit. So. Yeah, and, and most people, the, well, obviously everyone wants to make money. I mean, that's yeah. the models know you, models recommend you. You get you get a reputation for for being a good photographer, of being professional, and I'm assuming that both photographers and models who don't work well in the business of tardiness, don't do good work, kind of get weeded out. Yeah, oh, I th- yeah, I guess so, and, and and you know, and you can sort of tell from the work they do as well. Again, I think working with starting to work with agencies this year has really improved the perception as well. Um, it's just because it's a big network, so people see that you've shot with such and such from an agency. They have friends in the agency. You shoot with them, and it has a knock-on effect. And it, it, it does seem to. I guess people seem to treat it more seriously that you are then a serious photographer what type of like explain the agency what type what type of agency they represent your work or or set you up with no they represent the models oh so they would you know they would hire out the models for magazine shoots or whatever would you act do you actually solicit the agency with your work to say i would like to shoot your models and they accept you as one of their photo- like as a preferred photographer that you could work that with is them? starting to happen now um initially I just approach them um just to just to say, you know, look, I'm looking for some models. This is my work. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you have anyone that would sort of suit that or that you're willing to do, they need some test shots or something like this. Yeah. And that's how it started. Um, and I've worked for this, uh, done some shoots for the one agency in Melbourne now, I think four or five different shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, now we seem to have a good, you know, repertoire and things like that. So it's good communication. Yeah. 
Uh, Matt, these are somewhat, I, I believe these are somewhat universal themes, regardless of what subject matter you're shooting. If you're serious about what you're doing and you're very focused on what you're doing, uh, agencies, uh, organizations, they start taking notice of your work and doors open. Yeah, it's, it's, usually it's a natural progression. I mean, the, the more competitive the environment you're in, obviously the work has to stand out that much more or you have to be that much more proactive in the area. So, I mean, you're from a pretty big city, Melbourne. So, you really, yeah, you, I mean, well, your work has right. to be top-notch to get noticed by these agencies because everybody's probably clamoring at the bit for time. Yeah, everyone's for a time. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in smaller areas, it, you know, it helps to know a lot. Of, I think anywhere it helps to know a lot of people to yes. network, yeah. to, to get out there, get your work out there, regardless of what you think of it. It's just having the body of work, too. So, Is it true that being a film shooter immediately puts you in a different class of photographer? No pun intended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how many times we can do the pun today. There we go. <laughs> Um, I guess it's hard to say. It does give a look to the photo. Lauren just got it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about the photography. And then I was like, oh, wait. class. Yeah, got good. it. Sorry. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the shooting film. The Make you s- set you apart. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I guess it does in a way because it gives me, it gives my photos their own characteristic. Whether the agencies or whoever would say, look, he's a film shooter, you know, or that's why we would I don't think they care as much. It's just the look they care about. Correct, yeah. Or or there's something in in the photo that they like. It's not necessarily because you'd be a film shooter or or whatever. They they honestly wouldn't care. That's interesting because people that are looking at an agency, they're looking at something they like. They're not really specifying how you got that. If you're a digital shooter and you're using prime lenses and maybe using some diffusion and proper, if you're very good at post-production and you can get a certain look, uh, the, the the general public at large is looking and seeing something they like, and they're saying we like that. Yeah, it's they're just not being limit. specific. This is on film. This is on digi. No, that's kind of a photographer thing. The, I, I'm talking to a lot more uh, museum folks. Yeah. Now I know a couple of people that that curate um, local museums and just kind of regional stuff. And the more I talk to them, the more they tell me, don't talk about anything technical whatsoever. Digital film, how it's done, what it's done with. They could care less because everybody who's submitting photos cares about that stuff but they really seem to not care about the final image and as long as the final image holds up right. and the work holds up they do not care how you got it that's no, why you're seeing iPhones in in iPhone images in museums and gallery shows because the, the work is what's standing out it's not right. how mm-hmm. it's done anymore at what point did you uh sort of move on from your Holga, or maybe you still use your Holga, and you went to a different camera uh just the Holga obviously isn't a great portrait for serious <laughs> portrait. No, for that you need a definite hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I just, I, I just saw, and again, it comes back to, to what I was seeing online. The Hasselblad seemed to be, you know, what was people using. The, I seemed to like the photos that were coming out of there. Thought I'm going to try that camera and just fell in love with it immediately. It was just such a great camera to use. The feel of it, the sound, um, the viewfinder, like looking through the viewfinder, it's just incredible. You're making the winding. The winding, yeah. <laughs> and actually, just um, the Hasselblad. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it's interesting. I, I like. I, th- I think shooting models or people with that camera, the, it, it allows. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But I get this um, sort of feeling that it allows people to relax more uh, in oh, front yeah. of the camera because you're not looking directly at them. Um, oh, you use waist level. If you use a waist level yeah. finder, um, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it's a little bit slower because you have to manually focus it, or at least with my model that you do. And it just slows the whole process down and it does get quite relaxed. And I've had that, uh, a lot of people comment on that, that they, they just feel more relaxed or there's something about shooting in, this, in that way that, that really helps the shoot flow uh, in, a, in a slower pace, which I think then suits my style. You get that a lot too, Matt. 
where with you with eight by ten. Oh yeah, any any camera where you are removing yourself from behind, like there's nothing sticking in your face or, or something. You're removing yourself from you know from this like awkward moment that could be there because everyone's used to like the cheese moment, and they go into their like bad birthday party smile and yep. pose and stuff. And once you take take that away, you, they see a different camera. They see you not you know caring so much about something like this in front of your face that they kind of relax and they're they're more it just a process is willing. slower and it allows people to relax more yeah. i find um it just seems to work it suits how i like to shoot so and that's the important thing i guess yes hmm. yes and is there uh when you're like the first few minutes of a shoot uh, does it take a few minutes to get in the groove yeah definitely yeah so but like us today <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> earlier for ninety five percent of the of the shoots, you, you get that it's five. Especially if you haven't worked with the person before, yeah. or shot them before, it's maybe uh, it's six, seven shots, or uh, on the on the medium format, or ten ten minutes or so. Yeah. Um, and you just it just like you can see it even in the photos. You know, they just they slowly progress to, and you start nailing the each shot rather than you know. Yeah, you start getting the look you want out of the shot. Yeah, everyone starts relaxing, I guess. Mm-hmm. What are you putting in your camera? What type of film are you shooting? Um, I love my Ilford film. Um, I predominantly black and white, so um, mm. 3200. Oh, okay. um, really? Yeah, well, I, I he's, got, he's got a lot of natural John light. Fidelli stuff. was just talking about that. He's, it's it's incredible. Film. Is it a new, fairly new film? No, uh, it's, I'm not it, sure. It, it goes, it goes pretty far back. Yeah. It's Ilford 3200 ASA film. Yeah, yeah. It's Medium format 120. Yes. I wish they made it in large format because I think it would be incredible. But they oh. don't. Yeah, it's a it's a naturally 1000 speed film, but it pushes to 3200. Great, you can go up to uh, like 12,000, 25,000. Yeah. People do silly things with it. It's it's really cool looking film though. It's good. Yeah, it's nice it's and good. soft. Yeah, and then once you start pushing it, it gets contrastier. Yeah, if, if I've, I've shot it in 35 mil and it just it doesn't look quite right. It's a, it's a bit too grainy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. well, for the style I'm trying to shoot, but for medium format, it's just it's just amazing. And it does give you that. When I'm shooting, I guess 90% of my work is indoors. Mm-hmm. So window it's light, quite, it's beautiful. It's window light, it's all natural light as much as possible. Um, and I'm shooting sometimes down to you know 15th. Yeah. And, and you just need that extra. Um, extra speed and it just seems to work um, HP5 I like as well but I've recently gone back to Tri-X for some reason I don't know just I've been having a, a thing lately I've been trying to shoot more of like the same film stock across the board and it, it just falls apart <laughs> because I tried I was shooting the HP5 and 8x10 yes. and then I, I put tried the HP5 and 120 and I was like oh Tri-X <laughs> like I just I just, just wanted Triax. Well, like the, the look, it, the look that I had in, in eight by ten was like completely gone in really? one twenty. Yeah, just it's probably just the, the enlargement size that I was going for. But mm-hmm. as I was saying with the with the thirty two hundred in thirty five mil, I just I, it, it doesn't work. Oh, what need to do and you, very you, few you things. Step up to medium format, it's, it's, it's heaps better. Yeah, I don't really? think I shoot anything that's not one hundred speed film in thirty five anymore. Yeah. Just because I that one roll of thirty two hundred ASA. Remember over here last time you were here? Yeah, you know that, that was stuff wasn't bad. Wasn't no, that was T Max thirty two hundred. Oh, okay. But that's not even available in 120 so I have yeah. no mode of comparison or yeah. whatever. So. For folks listening if you're new to film photography or binge, <laughs> or binge shooting film photography there are an array of film stocks you can use which is sometimes difficult to explain to pure digital shooters Yeah. of no, 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 you put the roll in and that's your that's ISO your yep. you know, that's, that's it for the whole roll and uh, you know, live with it yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I normally find now I'm just shooting with, with, with two backs on the Hasselblad. Oh, so interesting. So i in one and either Portra 400 or yes. something or black and white 400 in there. I was yeah. wondering if he was going to say Portra because I see it, the color shots all have a very nice soft palette to them. Yeah, I find the Portra 400 is uh, 
it's it's well, it's, we all probably know it's an incredible film. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, I use that. I, I don't really use 160. I just find the 400 seems to be perfect for what I. For really? What, okay. Yeah. Well, it can go really low if you want it. To yeah. Like Portrait like 450. It's just a very versatile film. And well, the ha- yeah. Hasselblad films have a slide. You can take the whole back off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just yeah. Pop yeah them you, on. Can, you can take a shot and put the other one in. Yeah, unlike the mommy has the the magazine you slip in. Well, you're mo- that's because you have like that J, isn't it? The Mamiya J or Ma'am. whatever. Oh, it's the M. Okay. Uh, other Mamiyas have removable back. Really? Yeah. yeah. My six four five has a removable back. Oh. I you got, got the, the AF, right? The, yes. Yeah. Yes. Did, a new recommendation. Oh well. And I then had, I sold mine. So yeah, you're yeah, like this yeah. bum. You just recommended <laughs> me a bag. I had the bum. No, I actually uh, actually quite enjoy shooting that too. Um, it's more like a, a SL. If you're coming from like a DSLR, I think that is the camera you should get, just because it's like it's flawless. The like the yeah. Field. It, it took Which me. One? It, it took me the 645 AF. Oh, okay. I think it took me six or seven rolls of film to actually start liking that camera. Yeah. I was finding it was very over contrasted, and um, for, I don't just not sure why. Well, exactly, it's like the. I think the lenses from from yeah, if you're used the to the Hasselblad. Yeah. It just doesn't have that look. If you want the 645 that has that look, you have to go with the, uh, the contacts because they have yeah, the Zeiss yeah. glass. But I find I just, if I overexpose, which I tend to do anyway a little bit, um, if I overexpose on that, it's fine. It flattens it out, yeah. yeah. You shooting any models while you're here? Uh, no, I haven't actually organized anything. I'm still thinking about it. I bet you could organize one like tonight and just like go back and do the shoot. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many people in New I, York. <laughs> yeah, I, it's actually, it's just walking the street it's like, I think 98% of the models live in New York City it's insane have you seen that documentary on Bill Cunningham no but I, I have heard about yeah. it yeah. oh you gotta watch that it's yeah. really good 83 it's years old riding on his bike everywhere yeah Can well never he's catch a, the, the fashion photographer for the New York yeah, Times yeah. and he's looking for fashion on the streets and the streets of New York are amazing yeah it's, it's great for all sorts of crazy stuff I was going to ask you Daniel about we know you shoot medium format with your Hasselblad. What about other? When I say other, that's instant photography. Could be, um, you know, oddball, 126, 110. Any, anything, any other stuff you kind of... I try and in, uh, incorporate Polaroid, uh, or now Impossible Project, but Polaroid cameras into my shoots as well. Um, so SX-70, uh, Sonar, I have. Okay, those Ooh, are nice. Which, yeah, it's really nice. Um, and uh, Spectra. Oh, which great. I yeah. really, really like. Yes, they're beautiful. Yeah. It's got some good Spectre stuff. Yeah. It's just such a... I don't know. They're both, they're both quite nice. But there's something about the Spectre that I just really like. A little wider with. frame. Yeah. Which is which is odd because I, I like to shoot in square... Yeah. F- like with square format. So. Now, do strange occurrences like the rebirth, re-evolution of 110 film kind of don't get on your radar or... Um, I, I pay attention to it, I guess, but it's not something I'm really... Yeah. Interesting. It's actually finding... Um, I'm not shooting 35mm anymore because oh. my 645 is... Uh, become my default 35 It's like your camera. point and shoot now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's become my point and shoot. It happens. Now, what about uh, there's an awful lot of people who even, you know, a lot of people listen to the show are really getting into large format photography. Does, now, you know, from my perspective, because I'm shooting it now, it's a whole different animal. If I were shooting a person, unless it's a sort of a, a formal portrait, I haven't got my groove yet in 4x5. And I guess my question to you is, do you see yourself using a larger format and does it suit your style? I have a large format camera. I have trouble with lenses. I was yeah. saying offline. Um, but it's, I do definitely want to start doing some large format portraits. I just I do think that would actually suit what I'm trying to do. No, it would just be in the same style. But I'd, I'd, I'd like shooting large format. Definitely, there's something about seeing the negatives that, mm. just from a photographer's <laughs> point of view, that just is amazing. And I have a, a Ilford pinhole camera, four by five, which I do for landscape. Yeah, I showed you. Remember, I showed you the. It was a pinhole chrome that Daniel shot. It was like a landscape. It was Ooh. beautiful. It just, it just 
blows me away that camera the sharpness of it is, is for a pinhole it's just crazy yeah pinholes wow. can be very surprising yeah it's a very do you, good quality do you think you're gonna re- you have a crown graphic four by five camera yes yep. you mentioned offline that you have some lens issues are you, do you think you'll resolve that and start shooting with i was kind of a I was excited to see your shots from it. I have done one or two shots, but not, I'm not sure if there's anything online from that because um, the lens sort of started acting yeah. up quite quickly. But I do, if I can get a lens that works, I'm sort of still hunting for one. Um, I definitely will start shooting with it. I am looking at also at possibly a Cinar or something like that that would be more of a portrait mm. like a studio. Cinars are beautiful studio cameras, yeah. like an old P or a P2 or something. Yeah. yeah. They're heavy though. Yeah, that's <laughs> They're that's about the as problem. heavy as my 8x10. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Yeah, but they're pretty portable. You can like backpack it. Where can just someone listening, you know, who's just home? I don't know. Maybe drinking some Mister Brown. You know, like, who is this Daniel Gloss? <laughs> how can someone who's just listening, kind of, other than going to, of course, to our show notes, how could they find you? Uh, my website would be the best thing ah. I would suggest, which is just DanielClass dot com. K L A A S. K L A A S is great. The double A is important. Ah. That makes it the ah in class. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing any dabbling in the darkroom with uh, processing or printing your film, or are you sending out to a preferred lab? Uh, I have. I can develop at home, just black and white. I've done it a few times, but I find that I just there's a lab down the road from where I live. Luckily. Oh, that makes it easy. Yeah. Yes, I know yeah. the people there quite well now. They, oh, they seem good. to see me every couple of days. Printing I haven't done at all, which I would really love to try, but I don't really have the room. In you my should. You should hit up Print Space while you're in New York. That's true. And check it out. It's you know you you'll go for a couple hours, drop fifty buck. You learn you kind of learn as you go. Drop fifty buck. <laughs> hey, yeah. We're gonna cover some other topics, and I'm hoping you'll stick around a few minutes. Sure. So so Danny, do you do you show your work? Like do you enter it in like exhibitions and shows? Because it's it's beautiful stuff. Thank you. Uh, not real. I have an exhibition. It's part of the Melbourne Silver Mine. Okay. That we yeah. were talking about earlier. There's there's I think there's forty odd photographers in that exhibition. Oh wow. Okay. They do it every, I think it's so the seventh it, year. This like year. everybody puts a piece in? Yeah, or? we have a certain space that we can fill and we can put whatever we want in there, whether it's one image or ten or something. Like oh, this. very cool. Uh, so that, that's basically, I am looking at, at possibly doing a, just a series of portraiture gallery at some stage. I have a question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mike, Mike. Uh, uh, Daniel, um, we have Dunkin' Donuts over here. April Lee has, uh, up in Canada, has. Tim Hose, or Tim Hose, Hose. yeah, Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Yeah. What do you guys have? Tim Tams. <laughs> Whoa! Tim Tams. That's the, I think that's the expats. That was choice. not like place question. Like I did not. We did not like pre. Not scripted. Not, no, scripted. not scripted. No, definitely not scripted. Tim, I. You know what? You always forget. Time, yeah. I forgot all about Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Where they at, Mike? FPP Tony Kwong, who was in California, sent us Tim Tams. Yeah, we're big on those now. Those are great. Th- but those are you. I mean, you know them from your whole your whole life. Yeah, they just they just biscuits that everyone has and not all knows and yeah yeah they've all of they've evolved into different colors and flavors and <laughs> but it's always the original tim tam is still the best one yeah. so there's no drive-through like sh- coffee shack no nothing like that there is one or two drive-through coffee places around okay uh, but i guess from where i'm from in melbourne the the big thing is just it's a coffee culture place okay okay but real coffee like you know true italian yeah coffee cafes and yeah mm. and that's it i'm sure i'll think of something later that i should have said but tim tams and yeah. coffee did Starbucks make its way to Australia? Yeah, it did. There are some Starbucks there. Uh, yeah. they, they did actually close a few stores, though. For me. Yeah. But they're still around. What, what are you digging or uh, fascinated by in New York City? Like, 
uh, like the Dunkin' Donuts in every corner, things that you're like, oh, I can't, like, anything stand out? Like, oh, my God. It actually, I think just the pace of the city and the sheer size of it, it, it's, it actually does remind me of, it reminds me of Melbourne a lot, but on steroids. <laughs> it's, it's the same sort of feel in a way just to the city. Uh, it's also maybe the grid, the grid line streets maybe does that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a great city to be in. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about getting into large format photography with Matt. Hey, we're going to talk about get a release and probably maybe I already talked about it. It's like shooting four by film Rasso update. Rasso. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Hey, it's Michael Rasso urging you. Actually, I'm sitting here with William. Hey, William. Where are we? Hey, I'm sitting here with William and we're in the FPP virtual store. <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm in Tron. So like we're inside your computer. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Anyhow, I'm here to urge you to go find your mom, your grandpops, your friends, Polaroid camera in your closet or attic or basement. Anyone you know, guarantee you they have a Polaroid camera. Get that camera and start shooting with it. Absolutely, you should do that. And uh, William has been uh, working here in the FPP store, our virtual store that has a you know real three-dimensional shipping department Absolutely, yes. <laughs> with a real person in it. Yes. If someone orders something, uh, you'll, you'll be talking to them. Yes, I'll be speaking with you. Oh, that's awesome. Once you find your camera, you can come to the FPP store to stock that camera with film, whether it's SX-70, 600, or Spectra, with the Impossible Project film, because we're an Impossible Project partner store. That's right, and that's very exciting. Or if you find like an old pack camera, we are like your Fuji Pack Film Headquarters. Oh, we have Fuji 3000B, Fuji 100B, and we have Fuji 100C. Yeah. Yeah, we have some expired Polaroid in there too. Ooh. Filmphotographystore.com or just click the store tab on our website, filmphotographyproject.com, for all you folks out there. And I can't tell you how many of you have like grabbed a Polaroid camera and you're excited. You're like, hey man, I picked up my Polaroid camera because, you know, you were talking about it so much that I did it myself. And... William, there's not one person. They're all like, I love it. I've actually been affected. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he had. What happened? So I was at a garage sale, and I found, what was it? A, uh, Polaroid Impulse. Impulse, which, and I made an impulse buy, and uh, Mike checked it out. It actually works. They're very sturdy little cameras. Sturdy little cameras. Uh, impulse is a 600 camera. It would take uh, the Impossible PX600 or PX680. Now we have the new color protection film, the newest uh, chemistry from the Impossible Project. So, hey, I just wanted to share that with everyone, just so everyone knows. Color protection film. Cool. Filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. Yes, we are. Let's uh, let's quickly talk about release forms. Only because I was excited because our very own FPP store, FilmPhotographyStore.com, sells this awesome pad, uh, which is a model release in a pad form. Uh, I guess a question, Daniel, since you're here, first question is before I start being all bossy to listeners about getting <laughs> releases signed. You're not gonna like me. Uh, like, do you have re- do you get releases signed? No. You don't. No, but it's something I actually am planning on starting to do. Okay. Uh, I, should I give you one of these? You can photocopy it. That's okay. I have some printed okay. images I'm already. It, it, I actually find uh, so far for what I've been doing, I haven't required it. It hasn't been an issue. Uh, I've been able to use the images pretty much as I like. Um, yeah. I've had things in, in writing just in emails and, and confirmations. And, and I'm very open with what I, if I'm, if I'm going to 
to print something or, or, or someone wants to use it, if yeah. I will run it past the model or the agency or something like that. That seriously has not been a problem, but I, it is something that I think I need to start doing. Yeah. Especially if it's something that I need as to As your new friend, as your new American friend, I'm going to insist that you start doing it. Because when you go to sell your work or publish your work, that publisher may say, I need a release for all these. And that's their rule. Yeah. And I have, I have done some, um, I guess, after the event. That yeah. The, you know, they needed it and what it was happy to sign it. Right, so, right. Um, whether that is legal, I don't know. Maybe no, 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 that you is legal. You can get it after the fact. Down. It's just, it's so much harder after the fact. Yeah, a lot of, of times, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a down. place like America where uh, we're so litigious. <laughs> yeah, models, yeah, yeah models, uh, two years can go by, that model could change his or her mind and say, I'm not modeling anymore. And you know what? Anything I shot, I really don't want out there because many reasons. Yeah, I guess I'm quite, I, I try and be quite respectful to the, to the person that I photographed as well. So I will actually, once I've got the shots back, I'll actually pick up the ones I, I think are the strongest mm-hmm. ones and actually run them past the model first and just make sure they're happy with them. Because um, they, they tend to pick up things that I don't necessarily see as well that, that may, that you know, they, don't, they, they think they're sitting at a weird angle or something like that. So right, right. I try and be quite open with it and it generally seems to work. So mm. it's just the communication I find I haven't been able to... Really yeah, that's lead. a pretty high level of communication compared to what I've heard other guys that shoot I just, models. Yeah. Well, I, I look at it from my point of view is I wouldn't like someone to show me work that I've done that I don't actually like. So I think that's fair for the, you know, the subject yeah. of the photo if they're not... Well, sometimes a model's perspective could not necessarily be aligned I say with this within reason, of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> but sometimes a really great shot, you may see something different that you want to sell or market and if that model disagrees and you don't have a release... Yeah, exactly. Push that, comes that, to that shove... They could, you know... Do you some know, damage. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Do some damage. Oh, feel free to shoot away. Got some tracks in there. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Shoot but, away, um, my friend. My background is in motion picture production and from, for uh, commercial production, meaning a feature film that gets sold to a TV network and releases have been demanded by those organizations or else you can't get your film on television. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So... So I'm recommending everyone out there. And a release does not have to be a cut-and-dry release model... Uh, form for as you said, if you have an agreement and some stuff via email, if you have any proof that paper you know, trail, paper trail of pay to model or have a um, you know an agreement with that model, that would serve its purpose as well. If you're doing uh, nude photography, there are some countries that re- have different laws regarding having uh, not only a release but a um, proof of identification, uh, an ID that has a date of birth on it. Yeah, it's something that I try and I try and do all the time actually. Yeah. That's never a, be too careful. No, can never be too careful. So. But I do, <laughs> having said not using model release form, uh, I, it's email communication is always the way I go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're quite clear about it. As, and again, you know, sending examples of what you're looking at doing, but it is important. Do yeah. not listen to me, people. You need a model release form. Yes, <laughs> don't listen to Daniel. We need a model release. That's what, what, wise words anyway. Do not listen to me in general. Yeah. What is it, my two choices? Follow what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Do as I say. Mike, I need that I pad do. in quintuplicate because I am starting a big project in January and I need releases. So Great. I get your pad. Great. Well, I can highly recommend the pad. I, I gave it a glance over already. It's everything you need and nothing you don't. And it's you can tear it. You have them sign it, tear it off. You're done. It's a pad. It's actually a pad each piece of paper is a release yeah and it's it's a lot more professional than than handing someone two like loose sheets of paper right that's true and having them look it over because they feel like I, f- I feel like if i hand people the loose sheets like that and it's not attached to a pad that like you're trying to scam them or you're trying to get yeah. something out of them that they don't want and this looks very professional very cl- clean cut ready to go now, now you, you, you know, i have to get one of those pads now okay okay 
I yeah. have a question. It's a great souvenir. What's the barcode on the ca- on the package? Oh, that, that's just the packaging on the front. It's oh, just the packaging oh, because this is actually then. a product. Okay, yeah. So, and, uh, is folks it just on the first one then? Yes. Yeah, see. So if folks out there have any questions, you can send us an email at uh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com about shooting a model. Model release. Any questions for Daniel? Be happy to forward them to yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, want to hear feedback. And for folks out there who want to put uh, pen to paper, which I love, uh, please do uh, send your letter to us at P.O. Box 152 in Butler, New Jersey, 07405, the great U.S. of A. I know, but Butler is now. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's a hop, skip, and jump from Manhattan. It is. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. And isn't it amazing that, seriously, it's like door-to-door bus, like get on the bus in Port Authority? It was, it was very good advice. Yeah. From what was your advice? Well, I gave him the step-by-step just so he didn't end up waiting at like a terminal at midnight for yes. three hours. Yes. <laughs> wondering where he was. Yeah. Cold. Oh, you gave him like you knew which bus? Yeah, I said, hey, hit the 194, go down the basement, ask him where the 194 terminal yeah. is because it always changes. It yeah. always changes. Yeah. I draw the correct one. Yeah. And the dri- there's, only, like I said, there's only like three drivers, so you just got to like find them and be like, take me to Butler. Yes. <laughs> I was a bit worried, though, when I showed the bus driver just to confirm where I was going to the correct oh, they address. Oh, you have no idea what it looks like on the map. Yeah. No, yeah. I just showed, I actually had the address written down on my phone, and I just showed the guy and the driver, and he pulled the phone like as far away as possible from his face, because clearly his Blind. eyesight was not so good. You <laughs> can only see the, the road. That's it. Com- that's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't the most <laughs> yeah. confident of things to see when I was getting on the bus <laughs> no. to somewhere strange. <laughs> I don't want to die on the way there. And as you were departing New York and like half hour went by, do you get worried? Like, am I really going to the right place? Google Maps is a wonderful oh. thing. You just, you, w- you just watch yourself go. Yeah. No kidding. Yes. Technology, Matt. I have an American SIM card, so it's not also costing me like $100 a second. Oh. Yeah. You actually see where you are as a dot on the yeah. map. Yeah, and it's incredible. Stupidly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Scary accurate. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah Down to like three meters or something like that. That's incredible. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about... Uh, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about... Uh, the large, large format. For- the large format. The large format. So we'll be back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. If you're shooting talent or shooting a model... Whether it's trade for print or it's a paid model, you should have a model release form. I cannot stress enough. I've certainly mentioned it on the show many times. What show? In order to utilize your work in the future, on the web, in printed materials, in books and magazines, you will need to have a model release form in your portfolio. When a publisher is going to publish your book, they will request model release forms. Holy sheesh. The FPP store now carries model release forms. Film PhotographyStore.com and go into camera accessories. When shooting a model, it's always great to get a model release and either a digital or can be film shot of that model's ID. ID and model release are key to proving that you own your work. Get a model release. Thanks. Here's a thrill beyond compare. That first look at the big city. And because these young men have a Brownie Star camera, they'll see more, learn more, have more to remember. East side, west side, all around the town. They're getting the fun on film. Wait till the gang back home sees this one. Indoors too, as in the Museum of Natural History, there's lots to see, lots to remember. And their Brownie Star camera saves it all. Now the big stem, as the boys get their first fling on Broadway. Home again, they're the envy of every kid on the block, thanks to a camera that costs less than $10. 
Right now, some boy or girl you know would give the world for a Brownie Star camera. There are three models to choose from, and you couldn't find a better gift. Hey, we're back! <laughs> <laughs> never gets old. No, it never gets old. Matt, you know... I mean, this is you know what topic. else never gets old? What? Large format. <laughs> Even though I've been shooting large format, I've kind of taken a step back because of this 110 craze. It's amazing. It is, cr- it is amazing. I even busted out the 110. You did. I'm yeah. very excited about that. I got Grandma Rita's 110 camera. What do you have a Kodak? It's like an Instamatic, the, the, you know, the black one yeah, with the yeah. flash on flash the side. Flash built in? or Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them. Two double A's, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And what are you popping in there? Lomography film? Um, I have some old. No, I have some old. Remember, I sent you when I was still just a fanboy of the show. Yeah. I sent you that Kodak 200 gold. Yeah. I, I still have some. No kidding. Yeah, I held on to a bit. Good. And imagine that our favorite store in Findlay, Ohio, is not currently not carrying the 110. Uh, she has a little bit of 110. She sent me here to buy some. Oh, <laughs> about that. You have an order. Yeah, I got an order for you. Great. I love it. All right. Fantastic. But w- today we're going to be talking about the. Well, from FPP perspective, the the growing interest in large format photography, and I think it was the best expressed when you and I were in Cleveland. Everyone's just busting out there. Yeah, their like, press cameras, large format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon, Dan, Dan, Tim, Tim, you, me, you. you. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure by the next time I go to Cleveland, Dave Lamb's going to have one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's always got, he got some medium format toy. We like Large went formats. out Sunday morning. And oh, Scott. Scott's got Scott, one, too. Yeah. He's getting into it. Yeah. I'm new to it, so Matt has hooked me up with uh, you know the Polaroid back and getting into that groove. But for someone getting into, as I'm looking at my notes here, getting into large format photography, where do you start, Matt? Well, you know, there's a lot of folks asking the exact same thing. Mm. We, we glaze over it. We, we show you all the goodies. We show you all the results. And now you're wondering, well, how do I get into it? Where do I go? What's my resource? We, you know, I've been working on this for months, Mike, because I get forwarded from FPP, forwarded from the personal blog. I probably get four to six emails every week. Somebody new, I, I know or don't know, wants to get into large format, needs to know the source because there's a couple websites, but some of these websites haven't been updated since 2000, 2004. They're pretty really? old. They're getting old because the people that were blogging about it at the time had no idea. They were just putting it up there because it was a personal resource. It right. wasn't anything that was, you know, th- there wasn't a film photography project behind it or something. So I'll try, I try to gather all these sources together every time I email somebody and send it to them. But now I'm like, this is ridiculous. So we've got a blog post up on the Film Photography Project website. It's going to come in three parts, and it's getting into large format. I break it down into everything. It's very neutral stance. So, you know, from what kind of camera you can get all the way up to, you know, what films are available, where to get them, uh, what you need as far as a bare bones darkroom. If you want to do a hybrid workflow, here's what you need, here's what you don't need. And I even go into specific products as what are available, what's the high end, what's the low end, because it's an entirely different, you know, world. I could talk, you could have the large format podcast with all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all the stuff that there there is to do, but it's it's an all-in-one resource, and I'm, I'm sure uh, Daniel can can give us his opinion on what a resource like that would, would be for someone that wants to get into it <laughs> it's uh yes it would be quite detailed i think it's actually it's something i mean quite interesting getting back to what i was saying folk quite interested in getting into it, like well seriously getting into it. it's the few times i have shot it it is amazing to shoot mm-hmm. and see those negatives it is so I it's would, a whole new world yeah yeah a whole new world. Oh. no disney come on <laughs> <laughs> it is it's, it's it's a whole different animal 
you know, I, I have to tell you, as, as a now large format shooter, you know, I was in the funk for a long time before jumping in because I find things scary. Well, yeah, and, and well, and sorry, sorry that I scared you. No. Yeah. And discovering the information, you know, as you go is kind of like it's very nerve wracking and it takes time. So if somebody has that resource right there in front of them, yeah, they can kind of go through it. There's no book I'm asking you to purchase. Just go on the Film Photography Project website and look in the content content, content tab. And there's going to be uh, a three part blog post. I'm not sure how many parts will be up by the time this airs, but the first part getting into large format is going to be out there. It'll start with the camera, the basics, the camera, the lens, and everything you need to start shooting. And then we go into, you know, what, what are the, the limits of the format? What are the, the differences from, you know, 35, from medium format, from 110? What makes this a little bit different? And then we go into the really techie stuff, like what films are available. Uh, how can you process this? What's out there? So it's an all-in-one source. When somebody emails us here at FPP, we can direct them to that content. And if somebody wants to get you know get into that or they're looking for something specific, we can refer them to that mm-hmm. that blog. So Christian. yeah, oh nice. Yes, yes, Daniel. Would you recommend someone starting with four by five before eight by ten? Oh well, is there, is there really a difference in? the style of shooting would be the same it's just a slow process but i mean it is a different camera style. it is a different camera style and it's um there's a lot more limitations honestly okay as soon as you leave four by five the limitations are staggering and the cost is more i think a lot more yeah uh, may basically you take the surface area of the film and you you do math from there so four by five films a dollar dollar fifty a sheet 8 by 10 is four times the surface area, yeah. so multiply your cost at least by it's four. It's not just double, four and eight. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's four times. So yeah. it gets very pricey very fast. Your number of films available anywhere are less and less and less. But you get to do cool stuff with like the x-ray film that I'm doing. Yeah, so yeah. that option's opened up, I guess. It's so much more limited. The, the weight of the equipment is so much more. I know some folks that have gone from 4 by 5 to 8 by 10 and then gone back because... They were actually pretty high volume four by five shooters. And if you're a volume shooter carrying around uh, an extra 40 pounds of gear just to have the ability to shoot more is, is not for a lot of people. So it's, it, it is, it's an even slower approach. So I would say to anybody starting out, any, anybody four by five, I would have started with four by five were I not gifted right. an eight by 10. And I always tell people that, but now I can't look back because I've looked behind the glass. Daniel's looked behind the glass. So it's too late for him to, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the four by five fits in a backpack. I any, mean, yours any, does too, but it's half any, size. Any bag. You can fit that in your holders and pretty much everything you need and then sling a tripod, you're good to go. Yeah. If you're someone that wants to do the kind of Ouija style with the press camera, it's mobile. It's yeah. very mobile. The press They're, camera, apart from my lens issues that I'm having, it, it, yeah. it's an amazing camera. It's just so yeah. so light and uh, and quite simple to use Yeah. because yeah. it's not really the tilt. You know, the, it's basically just a, in a way, a point and shoot. Yeah, and so it's it's really yeah, as I talk about it on the blog post, it's not the most um, I, I would say learner friendly. Unless you're only going to do the Ouija style or the portrait kind of yeah. stuff, it's not very learner friendly. That's good. You, you don't learn the well. Oh, you don't learn the moves. You don't learn the movements. You must to move. So, so well, I've actually been thinking about this myself. It's whether I guess it's whether I need to do that uh, the tilt shift. Because well, the way I shoot, I just want the, you know straight portrait, mm-hmm. um, this sort of thing. So I don't know if it's... Everyone's different, right? Exactly. Everybody's different. I personally feel I'm like one of those really boring guys that w- wants to know the history behind everything before I, before I do it. I want to learn everything that's possible, and then I'll make my choice after that. Because I, I find a lot of people, they're starting with a camera that's very limited, like the press camera, and they're like, oh, I want to do this. So then they have to buy a new camera. And then they, oh, I want to do 
there's this option. Oh, but then they have to buy another camera. So it's a constant like upgrade cycle. So let's say you're somebody like me. Okay. Who sitting at this table has never shot eight by 10 or four by five or anything large format. Yeah. And you want to get into it, but you're really scared. Like go to the blog post. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's just like, do you have anything now that could say like, look, if you're going to start out, you know, like take it easy or what can you say? That's like, don't be scared or, well, it's, it's a personal taste thing. So I, you know, in the blog post, we lay everything out. We say, this is what a press camera is. This is what a field camera is. This is what, uh, the studio or the monorail camera is. Here's what they are. And here's, you know, what you should, should look for. It's all personal taste because you never know until you're behind the beast and you know what, what it's doing. I would say for anybody, an older, an older field camera is going to be a little bit, a little bit cheaper. Old mo- for four by five, old monorails are practically free from schools. I've they're never like seen that. they're like fifty fifty bucks, yeah. ninety bucks. The Graflex Crown Graphic Press cameras are so hugely popular. They're and getting more expensive because are they really? because they're getting popular. They used to go for one to two hundred bucks. Now they're five six hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right. Is that right? So it's um, it's all the the market shift too. So I mean, if you're looking, and that's why I also break things down by price. Yeah. Like I looked at current market value as of August September. 2012 and this is what you should look to pay so uh, if your budget is X you can apply that look at the blog post and now you know what you can afford right to shoot I have the bare bones I only have 200 bucks what can I get all the way up to money is no object get me the best there is so I was actually surprised when I started shooting 4.5 how simple it was to load the film and oh yeah, I, and and I guess that was something I was a bit apprehensive about to begin with because you don't know what's inside the box, like mm-hmm. how it's set up, and mm-hmm. you know some of them have just a straight pull-out card or something, and the other ones have sealed plastic inside them and things like this. But I think actually you had a YouTube clip a while. Back, yeah, I think with mm-hmm. both that's our most popular uh, yeah. YouTube clip uh, now. <laughs> which is very helpful, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite surprising how simple that part of it was. So I guess coming back to your question before about. You know, yeah. how scary is it? That I, I would it I would say don't be scared, scared about any of the process no. because it's it's you know it's a lot of information, but you don't really need a lot of a lot of that. It's all there. It's all personal preference stuff. So every person you talk to about large format is going to have a different opinion because there's so much to do and to learn about it. So everyone's going to have their own their own style yeah. with it, and that will change how they they do their process. And I, I would say just give it a try. If you're if you're even looking into it, or read the article up, see if it's you know within so, something you want to yeah. do. If it's the slow kind of pace you want to add to your photography, mm-hmm. and then give it a shot. Just do it. And try it. Just I guess borrow one. To yeah. Oh yeah, big borrow steel. You know. <laughs> you try go. it out. Yeah, it was very helpful, Matt, because you were already shooting large format when I first got started. It was very helpful. You showing me the, all the logistics of the crown graphic. Oh yeah, the lens. You know, and once I got that that down, and then I purchased the Wista four x five. I was just so I was so relieved that the process was exactly the same. Everything carries over. It does. Yes, that's another interesting thing. So once you learn the the basics of large format, which is once you have everything the the right equipment in your hands, and you're you're competent with it, it all gets easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Organization is king too, because if you're not labeling your your film holders and you're not on the same page as to because the card the card that the black card that exposes your film goes back in to cover your film, and one side is has a black strip, the other side has a white strip. So you yep. need to get on the page as to what they mean what they mean to yes. you. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. make sure that you reset them after you've emptied the. That helps. The, yeah, the back. I, I, I made that mistake. I just had to go into the bathroom with three 
film ho- I found three film holders with film in it oh, from two months ago that I loaded only one sheet was shot but I need to I needed to reaffirm what exactly I did because I could not remember. It's rough, yeah. And so, I didn't yeah. leave myself a note. Dear self. It's very well suited to the methodical worker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, a very technically inclined person or you, you love following directions, yeah. large format's good. But there's like, there's easily 200 things that can go wrong from taking the film out of the box to uh, processing it yourself. Yeah. I've had yeah. to share a, sh- a, a Everybody messes sh- up. Yeah. So mess ups, you know. That's the fun. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a learning experience, but I, I would say anybody getting into it or thinking about getting into it, if you have a friend that shoots it, yeah, you're yeah. you're now they're now your best friend, <laughs> <laughs> and you go out shoot with them. Watch how they watch how they work, or watch videos of watching people work. I know or it sounds kind of lame. Or ask to borrow, like while they're out shooting and you're shooting, can you say, hey, yeah, can, can I, I look take through? a shot? Can yeah. I can yeah. I play with a couple of your knobs? Or if you're fortunate yeah. enough to you know. you know live in New York or a big metropolitan area yep. where you can rent a camera, you can still rent these. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a good option as well. Much, much cheaper than the alternative. I, the, I think the reason, the main reason I put the blog post up is because I don't want to tell somebody to go buy a brand new camera, brand new lenses, brand new holders, and brand new film just to say, eh. Right. Because mm-hmm. it happens. It's right. an investment. It, yeah. So the the cheaper you can make it for yourself or the, the more connections you can, the more connections that hopefully we can give you with these resources, the, the sooner you can make an informed decision for yourself about large format. Does, here in New York, does Adorama rent? Do you know if they rent? Uh, I believe Adorama, Adorama Rentals does have uh, a 4x5 that's, setup. That's great. You can you know, rent. You, also, the Impossible Project, we mentioned this about the PQ 8x10 Silver yes. Shade. The Impossible Project announced on their website they will also give you uh, resource information to where you can rent an 8x10 to try out their 8x10 film. Instant film, great way to learn large format because the yes. results are there. Yep. And you can see right away, and it's okay to make mistakes. And it eliminates and a lot of that process of error of loading you can film. Stop being scared of. And it, like, looks, it looks great. <laughs> it looks amazing, yeah. 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 So there's, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, as always, if you have questions, email us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, go to the website, Ooh. search yep. our content. We will have an intro, introduction to large format. I'll be cross-posting po- it on my blog, themattmirage.com. So it's, if you can't find it, you're not looking. But it's going to be the, I would say, the ultimate resource for getting into large format. Just everything, where you can buy the cameras, the film. Um, who has the best resource on how to do a certain technique? So, um, even the really, really intense stuff like Scheinflug, <laughs> Scheinflug, plane of focus. What? Yeah. It's Isn't there a song or whatever? Yes, S C H E E I M P F L U G. Yeah. <laughs> Scheinflug. Scheinflug. <laughs> wow. So, uh, enough geeking out, I guess. That's, yeah. yeah. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Just do it. Just don't worry. Yeah, just don't, don't be worry. Scared. Don't be scared. Forget Por- about it. Uh, portrait photography looks amazing with large format, isn't it? Man? It's yeah, clear. I just saw one of the eight by ten nicks before. And it just it looks incredible. Yes. You can see every hair. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening to this show, what show? What show? What, what uh, show? You know, jump in. Jump in. Yeah. Head over to the blog. Check it out. Yeah. Check out everything there is to see. Uh, I implore you, go on Flickr. Yeah. Look at large format. Look at find your favorite photographer. Are they doing large format? Are you know, get some inspiration. See what you want out of the format. Another big thing that I, I notice from a lot of folks getting into large format is they'll pick up a 4x5 camera to, I know this is like going way back, but they'll buy it expecting that their photography is like instantly going to 
transform into something it's going to be amazing. different. Like they're going to be an amazing photographer as soon as they pick this, this, and this up. Yeah. And that's not what the blog posts about. It's to show you this is what, this is what's out there. This yeah. is how you can get the information, but it's really not going to change how you make a picture. Well, it's I'm just sure, going to slow yeah, you down. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think you know we're thoroughly committed to the craft. I'm sure there are folks out there, and it's fine who go through a phase. Yeah. Uh, medium formats better suited for that. Yes. Uh, because you're making a, a large investment. Mm-hmm. Shooting, yeah. in shooting large format if you're not going to stick with it. So it's not for everybody, but I think I would guess that an, or, an organization like the Impossible Project puts out press releases regularly. Who ha- There's a lot of excitement behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There was a gallery presentation of 8x10 mm-hmm. uh, large format at their New York yes. space. It gets people motivated, and I would think that there are some people who just jumping in who have you know have the financial resources they dive in yeah just diving in whether they're going to stick with it or not remains to be seen but uh i'm sure there are a lot of people and i'm sure you're going to get a lot of those emails of folks who want to dive in who don't have any knowledge and can't comprehend exactly what they're getting themselves into yeah so i guess that's kind of what the the blog post serves to do but you know just just remember it's it's still still you behind you know behind yeah. all the all this stuff so the the better the more well equipped you are with this with large format the b- more effective your your imagery will be with yeah. it so uh, we'd love to hear from you yeah please yeah yeah you know so we'll be you know back in a second hey it's michael rosso urging you actually i'm sitting here with william hey william where are we hey i'm sitting here with william and we're in the fpp virtual store <laughs> wow i feel like i'm in tron so, like, we're inside your computer. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm here to urge you to go find your mom, your grandpops, your friends, Polaroid camera in your closet or attic or basement. Anyone you know, guarantee you they have a Polaroid camera. Get that camera and start shooting with it. Absolutely, you should do that. And uh, William has been uh, working here in the FPP store, our virtual store that has a you know real three-dimensional shipping department Absolutely, yes. with a real person in it. Yes. If someone orders something, uh, you'll, you'll be talking to them. Yes, I'll be speaking with you. Oh, that's awesome. Once you find your camera, you can come to the FPP store to stock that camera with film, whether it's SX-70, 600, or Spectra, with the Impossible Project film, because we're an Impossible Project partner store that's right and that's very exciting or if you find like an old pack camera we are like your fuji pack film headquarters oh we have fuji 3000b fuji 100b and we have fuji 100c yeah yeah we have some expired polaroid in there too filmphotographystore.com or just click the store tab on our website filmphotographyproject.com for all you folks out there and I can't tell you how many of you have like grabbed a Polaroid camera and you're excited you're like hey man I picked up my Polaroid camera because you know you were talking about it so much that I did it myself and William there's not one person they're all like I love it I've actually been affected oh yes <laughs> yes he had what happened so I was at a garage sale, and I found, what was it, a... Uh, Polaroid Impulse. Impulse, which, and I made an impulse buy, and uh, Mike checked it out. It actually works. They're very sturdy little cameras. Sturdy little cameras. Uh, impulse is a 600 camera. It would take uh, the Impossible PX600 or PX680. Now we have the new color protection film, the newest uh, chemistry from the Impossible Project. So, hey, I just wanted to share that with everyone, just so everyone knows. Color protection film. Cool. Filmphotographystore.com.
Hey, we're back. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hey, uh, Daniel, how would you Hello. feel about reading a letter from, uh, you know, this is, sounds ridiculous, but because you're from Australia, I would guess that anyone who else is from Australia, you would know. <laughs> well, it's possible that someone has actually said that to me once, and I actually did know the person. This is Stephen Clark. He's in oh, Tasmania. Oh, that's the idea. How would you feel about reading uh, a letter from someone from Australia? That would be great, as long as there's not too many big words in there. No, I think it would be good. I'm still a little bit jet lagged, so. Yeah. <laughs> 178 well, hours of travel will do that to you. Uh, Stephen oh. is the uh, winner of our Polaroid Super Shooter. Oh. Super Shooter. Which the big joke is that it's a crappy plastic camera that we shipped halfway around the world. Fantastic. We shot. Great. Yeah. So. <laughs> but he loves it. He loves it. Hi, you gave out a super shooter last month and I had a bad case of the flu, so it had only just had its first pack film through it. I thought it was worth pushing the camera by taking it out at night into the central business district to test how far it could push the FP3000. The result has a nice aesthetic. Sadly, I can see the romance of the super shooter will be reduced to a trickle as the film cost of this project rise, <laughs> so it will evolve over a long period of time rather than fast. Blog posts I've written leading up to these images... Uh, I'm assuming they will be on show notes or something. There's a oh, yes. some websites here. Images, yeah. You should read out every letter. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So he's given some websites here. Uh, considering it's winter in Tasmania, which is correct. That's mm-hmm. right. Came from winter as well. The challenge so far has been trying to get a consistent, even coating on the Polaroid. Any tips would be appreciated. But from research, I can I see it comes down to ambient temp uh, at processing. Temperature. Temperature and clean the rollers. What kind of temperature do you have over there? In the Australia. In winter? Yeah. Uh, actually, in Tasmania, it's probably quite cold. Really? But I yeah. don't have any idea what your Fahrenheit is to Celsius. Okay. That's what, what's well, in C? Yeah. Uh, I guess anywhere from, it depends where he's from, but at night, maybe just below zero, up to maybe oh, so uh, 10. It, we actually don't have ridiculously cold winters. But yeah, um, so, that's, so that's, that's about 30, 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah 32 is degrees. zero, right? Yeah, 32 yeah. is zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I know. That's all you got to so, know, yeah. yeah oh, <laughs> at 100 or something is about 40 or yeah. something like yeah. that. So. Yeah. Um, so it's probably quite cool. Get a um, cold clip. Uh, yeah. Is there more from Stephen? There is. Shall I continue yes, to read? Yes, Yeah, we just rambled. <laughs> so uh, let me see. I see it comes down to ambient temp at processing, evenness and speed of removal and cleanliness of the rollers. I'm not sure here I can do much about getting it between 20 to 24 degrees, but other... So I have no idea how much that is again in Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh, but the other two can be refined a little. I should have cleaned the rollers before shooting this roll. Anyway, thought you might be interested in seeing what the super shooter has been doing. Regards, Mr. Uh, Stephen the, Clark. That's 20, awesome. 20 to 24 is 68 to 78 degrees. Well, that was well, higher than I was expecting. I was thinking is it really? 50. Yeah. I was thinking 50 20, 20C is 68F because I process film all F. the time. That's what it's yeah. That's what it's supposed to process at. Yeah, I think I have an app for that somewhere. Yeah. You're a scientist. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, regardless, if it's kind of low temperature, you need to stick that damn thing under your armpit. Armpits. Cold armpits. clip. Armpits. Yeah, cold, cold, or yes. cold, cold clip. Yeah. Back we'll pocket s- of, the, of the pair of jeans. Yeah. yeah. We'll send, yeah, him, we'll send yeah. him a cold clip halfway across yeah. the world. <laughs> Which, uh, mo- you have an automatic land camera? Uh, the 350. Yeah, 350. Oh, nice. Okay. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah. And you were shooting quite a bit with that about a year ago, I yeah, think. Yeah, I seem to have stopped shooting that because I now also have a RB67, I'm okay. a RB67 with a Polaroid back. And you yes. get those nice square 7x7 seven yeah. seven images. Yeah, so I tend now to use any of that sort of peel film on there. And you're using an expired Polaroid a lot too, right? Yeah, well, I'm so upset that it's just running the, out. It yeah. is running. It's getting oh, stupidly yeah. expensive now. And the colors are really starting to go on all, like yeah, all of it. Yeah. It's all starting to I've go. I've been shooting a lot of 108, um, and so... I, 
was given a pack of 669, yeah. which is just Ooh. beautiful film. 669 Do we have fantastic. people doing experiments out there? People like Andy Jenkins. Is he like, is he like you know... Throwing other is pods. Is he cooking some FP100C to see if it... Um, I know some folks that, because they saw the ones I did at the wedding that I cooked extra long, yeah. that, that asked me how to cook, and it's just, I don't know, I leave it an hour or two. And <laughs> no, what if you put some FP100C in a 100-degree warehouse for an entire summer? Oh, my gosh, I don't... I don't know because I've seen bad Fuji. Bad Fuji different than age. Bad Fuji looks weird. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't recommend I'm, bad Fuji. I must admit, I'm not really a fan of that. It's, it's a little bit sharp for. I, I like the dreaminess of the expired Polaroid. Yeah, uh, the yeah. expired Polaroid, like the 108. Yeah, uh, what's another? The 669. 669. It creates another worldly kind of colors and look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you get the like, swirling effect sometimes through the film. Yeah, it's when that it. when it goes kind of bad. The yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the just color so runs in like consistent. Like a, a clear sky will have these weird, billowy mm-hmm. kind of things in there. Yeah. I really like uh, artistic um, for the SX70 as well. Oh, TZ, yeah. Yeah, hey, TZ. Oh, time TZ. zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the six. I can agree with you. The six six nine is was my favorite. Yeah, I think that's been my favorite. And it scans scans great. Just looks. Yeah, beautiful. it does. It's, it's really good. Um, the one I waited is quite good too. It's a bit more readily available. But I had a look online recently. It's just yeah. it's gone up to like sixty dollars a pack yeah, or something. The only time I can get the same color as the six six nine is when I shoot the even more ridiculously expensive Polaroid eight oh nine, which is the eight by ten size. It's the same yeah same yeah. tonality and you have some of those online on Flickr, I think. Those yeah, I, so yeah, funky. Th- uh, we're talking about crack. What I call crack and peel film, which is Polaroid um, peel film. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's packtastic. Yeah, it's packtastic films. Fits in any of the Polaroid automatic land cameras. Uh, the most notable film is FP one hundred C, FP three thousand B, and the elusive FP one hundred B. Black and white. Got some of that in Finley. Yeah, I have some too. If anyone's been listening to the show, they'll know that gone Polaroid mad to the point now where it's actually I don't even talk about it anymore because I'm just so mad with Polaroid that you know. I've stopped. I've just like gummed up. <laughs> really? <laughs> Clean your rollers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, um, you could either have a pack film camera, or if you have a medium format camera or a Holga, you could buy a back for it mm-hmm. and put this peel film in your camera. And what these two gents have been talking about is the Polaroid expired film. They're no longer available except for on eBay, I guess, or Craigslist. Or it's all some friends who may have some. Yeah. Or you find the little old guy in the camera shop that yeah. doesn't know it's yeah. discontinued. And yeah. uh, <laughs> this like Polaroid 108. If you're shooting landscapes or models, I always think of Andy Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Um, and you shot a fair amount. Yeah, I normally do every shoot. Yeah, oh, it, was, it, it looks great. Uh, April Lee shoots it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it really looks remarkable. And if you could find it, you know, shoot it. And I think the window of opportunity is, I mean, because it was like, oh, you know, it's expired 08 and we're like 2010. But here we are in 2012. It's going. Yeah. And the, the year's going. And the, wi- the window's almost gone. The windows. Little windows of opportunity where you could jump in and do something really, really fun with film that is barely available so if you could find it shoot with it i saw a couple weeks ago impossible had on their website i don't know if it was an error but they had some sepia still oh i don't think it's an error i don't think that's my my favorite film the sepia is still is still on there so i'm gonna grab some but i that's nice film actually yeah it's going it's getting there like my old sepia that i have in the house it's it's going orange like really orange so you just gotta you have you just have to shoot it yeah it's really nice shoot it Hey, here's a quick letter from our good friend uh, Joel Rosado, and uh, on the back of his 
What shoe? What shoe? <laughs> he says, hey, Mike. It's all caps. It's handwritten. It's scribbled. He's clearly drunk a few Mr. Browns before uh, writing this. <laughs> I've been listening to FPP since Dwayne was on. I was going through my camera collection and realized I have gas. <laughs> so in the effort to clean out some of the gear I don't use, I'm sending you guys an Olympus XA2 Ooh. and some film. Nice. I shot a few rolls through it, and it seems okay to me. The film is from a <laughs> super old stash, so results will vary. Please make sure it rolls into good hands. Enjoy your summer break. Oh, it's over. We're back. We're back. From Joel. P.S. If you have any 120 slide film lying around, please send it my way. Never fails. <laughs> Joel, I put a check here, so we sent you some uh, Kodak Ektachrome. Ektachrome. Yeah. Did you get that 100GX I sent you? If you sent it, I got it. Okay, good. Yeah, a while it's, ago. Yeah, it's the warm... Did you shoot it yet? It's Warm Tone E100G. They had it for a very short time. Really? It's really good stuff. I, have I shot in some in Cleveland. Okay. It's good stuff. Yeah. Are you shooting any chrome? Uh, just was really for the uh, pinhole. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't like large soft focus or pinhole large format for chrome. But I think uh, it looks beautiful because the really color, like it, the yeah. it flattens out the colors. It's not super contrasty. You can even put a very contrasty film in there, yeah, like a chrome, and it just like it's the, like a watercolor painting. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And and uh, the Previa. The Fuji Pro that I've been using, That's you, soft you can too, and yeah. you can let that just go for like um, some of the shots. I think the one, the beach one that I did was uh, about a 10, 12, 11, 12 second exposure or something like oh that. Wow. So it's okay. quite versatile film. I didn't drone on about it this episode, but go shoot, shoot, shoot Ektachrome. I mean, it's no longer manufactured. It's beautiful. It's film. yeah, it's still available like at bnh.com. Yes, Adorama. You could still find uh, fresh Kodak Ektachrome, and just like back in the day when we were. Talking about, you know, get in there and shoot Kodachrome, limited time. Do it now. I mean, I mean now is the time. Uh, labs still are doing E6 processing. It's not, e a, not a problem. E6. So kind of get in there and experience shooting what's known as Chrome film, which is a positive film. It's great. You can, like, hold it up to the sun. You can look at it. You Looking can at scan it on a light it. table, it looks beautiful. You could go get a Lomo Kino and shoot it and put oh, it in your Lomo Kino yeah. viewer. It's a whole different experience than shooting color print film or shooting black and white. So get out there and grab yourself some, some chrome. That's about, that's about all I have for this shoe. <laughs> I don't think we forgot anything. One thing, actually, with the, with the chrome film. Sorry to... No, 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 no. Is it's actually very important to get your exposure pretty much... 100% correct. Oh, it is. Close to, yeah. Very close to. You don't want to overexpose chrome. No. Or underexpose it. Or underexpose Nothing shows up. Yeah. It's, it's like dark. It's like glue. Clean those rollers. It's a good film if you're going to be um, hard on yourself about uh, going out and let's say shooting without a light meter or shooting with a meter, everything manual exposure. It's a good film to train on because if you're taking little notes, you will be able to see the results of that. The results. Yeah. Pretty, especially if you're using fresh film. Because a negative film will be very forgiving. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's always a challenge to shoot uh, chrome film. You're correct, Daniel. And uh, But nevertheless, it is worth it. And when I was shooting Kodachrome, uh, well, uh, some people would say it's cheating. I don't think it is cheating. I would bracket my, my shots. If I have a yeah. shot that I want, I have my exposure. Go right for I'd it. I'd bracket. I'd shoot, I'd shoot one uh, exposure at that f-stop. And then I would do one under, one over just as a backup to have. So especially if you're shooting a situation where it's like, you know, one shot only or you're in the city. One for, time yeah, only, yeah. One time only. Yeah. So it's, it's what's your time worth? What's, yeah. what's the shot worth? 
And like anything else, it's getting used to it's getting used to the beast, the camera and the film. And once you shoot a lot of it, like back in the day when photographers would shoot chrome weddings, I mean, you're at a wedding, it's, it happens one time, and once you're very used to your camera and you know distances and what you're shooting and you kind of you, you just get a feel for it, it's like you and I going out and ah, the meter, who needs yeah. it? I'm, like, I'm getting ah, so lazy about it, Mike. Especially this, this debon. I blame the debonair. Debonair makes you lazy. It makes me lazy, but I think I'm just just to play around. I'm gonna put some chrome through it just to see. Oh really? Yeah. I was you putting, gotta have fun. I was putting uh, Kodachrome 64 in the uh, in the uh, Vivitar uh, ultra wide and slim. Ultra wide and slim. F. No. Go out it's, if you go out blazing sunlight. It was it was fine. Ah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Ultra wide and slim. Ultra wide and slim. You know, the interesting thing about the point-and-shoot cameras like the Debonair or Holga is it's a set shutter speed, usually about hundredth, one one-hundredth of a second. Okay. And somewhat of a fixed aperture. I think it's F8, yeah, it's maybe F11. Probably F11-ish. So you kind of have to – you're judging – you're kind of putting the film, the ASA of film based upon the what's going on outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in your Debonair, what are you going to throw some – what kind of chrome? A hundred? Um, a hundred blazing light, yeah. It'd be great. It'd be great. It's always fun. It's what I did in uh, in Cleveland. Yeah. Of course, the film was F. When I say not F, stop F'd. <laughs> uh, I used uh, 64T, mm. and it was uh, badly stored. God. I was able. To, I squeezed out a few good shots. Dan, the shot of Dan. Yes. And uh, the shot of Cassie. Oh, okay. Uh, some F'd chrome film I found is like purple. Like purple. You'll, you'll it goes get, bad. Yeah. It goes bad, and it's really dif- difficult to correct. Sometimes I've like just sucked all the chrome out of it, and just published a black and white fi- picture. Oh yeah, they look good. Yeah, they I, look great. I effed some uh, Portra. In How's that possible? Ten. Portra oh four hundred eight by ten. I was processing film, so like, it's it's bad that like if you get the same film, you process it for long enough, you know how it smells. And I, I'm processing some black and white, and I'm like, God, it smells like. It smells like C41 in here. Like, I'm not processing color. And then I'm, I turn on the light because I'm halfway through my fix. And son there of a bitch, there's like son two, of a bitch. There's two sheets of sheets, sheets. of uh, Portrait 400 I've processed as black and white. Looks, Looks great, beautiful, but, but I wasted <laughs> $16 a sheet. So Portrait 400, Portrait. great black and white. Great black and white film, Maria. Great. Yeah, yeah it's the best Looks one out there, but it's a little pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It smells bad. Sheets. Sheets. So it really is the duct tape of film. Yeah. It is. Not only tape. can you use it as a color film, yeah. but also Go a black Go crazy and with white. the duct tape of well. film, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Daniel, it was great having you. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. And maybe, like, in a few years' time, or Matt and I just, like, kind of dreaming about, like, hey, I, let's I go wanna, to Oz. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check out Melbourne just because I hear you have a really strong film community there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite good. Melbourne Silvermine, if you want to yeah. have a look online for that, Google that. Do you guys do workshops or anything? Um, there are some people within the group that, that will do that. Okay. Uh, it's not like an official part of the group, but there's no. definitely enough talent and people well, no, are quite I'm, willing to do I'm that. I'm like bouncing around in my head like FPP could have like some sort of like film workshop or like, I don't know, darkroom kind of. You have a darkroom right there? Uh, it's not, it's not a, there's not like one area that like a apartment or something that people go oh, to. Okay. Like, so people within the group will have something set up at have their, their place. Own, oh, okay. And they'll rent the, or they'll have a space. They're happy to, to share out and, and train people up. And oh, okay. So yeah. it's, it's a community rather than actual you know, a storefront or shop okay. sort of thing. Well, I'm going to keep on you about this because I really, really do want to make my way out there. Yeah, that would so. be great. Oh, who doesn't oh. want to go to Australia? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> my, you, because once you see the bugs. Once you see the bugs. 
Yeah, we'll get the bulldog ants. We'll get the kangaroos that'll rip you open with their feet. Oh, the kangaroos the just jump up to you and, and the... punch you out. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They ha- and they have boxing gloves on. <laughs> no, they have gigantic claws that will rip your face. Then you have koalas that fall out of the trees on your face. Have you seen a kangaroo? Yeah, of course. You they're have? everywhere. They're like deer. <laughs> what do you mean they're everywhere? They're like, you know they're how like well, deer are everywhere? They're not jumping around Melbourne like or anything. They're like deer, though? Are they wa- like, you'll see them on, like, hanging yeah, out? Yeah. Yeah. Not in Melbourne or Sydney or something like this, but I mean, you don't have to go far to see them at all. Yeah. They attack humans? Um, if they're cornered, definitely. And they'll definitely. beat you with their feet, right? Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my uncle actually hit one in his car years and years ago and ripped the roof off his car. Wow. Like the Hulk. Like, yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So seriously, this everything good, like, wants to kill you. This is good, like, inner groove material, you know? Yeah. They even have the only, like, one of the only poisonous mammals there. The platypus. Yeah, that's true. Platypus. Platypuses have spurs. Really? Yes. Yeah. Pink Delicate songs. Pink hey, Delicates. Hey, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Hey, we'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. Sound like a bird. Yeah. Yeah, so hang in there. We'll be back in two weeks. If you don't know what's going on, then <laughs> just send us an email. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Yo! Like, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> what are you talking about? I got my Canon D5, and I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are you guys see. talking about? Sam? Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate you. Uh, in. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Great. Great. Great.
Θα οδηγήσεις Ποιες Μίστερ Μπράουν Μίστερ Μπράουν Αυθεντικός καφές